How about now? <laughs> that little light come on, I knew it was going to happen. But um, like I was saying, Jerry is in the hospital in Eufaula, um, just in the emergency room. Not sure what's going to take place, but I do ask that you pray for them. If they have to come home, Mary's got to drive a motorhome back, and I'm sure that's going to be an adventure. And, and huh? or, Yeah, because, her dad, because Jerry will be on drugs. Um, <laughs> we'll cut that out of the online service portion, don't worry. <laughs> But at the same time, I want to welcome you all here this morning. Like Tommy, I totally anticipate this time of year. There's, there's a little bit of um, tension every time with this time of year because, you know, there's certain sermons that are expected to happen, and this year I ain't doing any of them. And I know it's going against tradition, but if you have your Bibles with you, and I hope you do, I'm asking that you turn to Luke chapter 22, verse 39. And I know traditionally, this is Palm Sunday. Today, we would be speaking on the triumphant entry of Christ. But as I was preparing for the Easter season, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, really spoke to me. Matter of fact, we'll be in Luke this week and next week. But specifically, chapters 22, 23, and 24 pertaining to the Easter season. Because you have the Lord's Supper, which we'll partake of here shortly. You have one of the most realistic views of the humanity of Christ in the prayer of Gethsemane. But then also you have the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I can't wait to celebrate it all with you next week. Please remember that there will be no Sunday school Service will be at 10.15. We're not changing anything around, but I hope you plan to make it. For a few minutes this morning, I want us to focus our minds on exactly what happened after Jesus and his disciples left the Lord's Supper. Because there's a lot of things that take place in this scripture that pertain to us as well especially when it comes to staying awake. Are you awake this morning? Some of, our deacon, some of my deacons aren't. Can you imagine that? I got them here really early to help set up communion, and I do. I really want to thank both Don and Brian for sacrificing some time to get up here to serve y'all. But I also have something else that kind of caught me off guard last night. We were getting ready for, to go to bed, and all of a sudden, Dalton said to me that he wanted to read the scripture this morning. So Dalton, are you ready? All right, well, come on. And he came out and went as was his habit to the Mount of Olives and the disciples also followed him. Now he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you do not come into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and began to say, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. 
Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And he, being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and he sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground when he rose from prayer. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you do not come into temptation. Pray with me, okay? Father, we thank you. We thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the word that you've given us. This morning, Lord, as we look at it and not only how it applies to us, but the things that we need to be weary and aware of, I just pray, Lord, that you would awaken us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart and mind to understand what it is that your word has for us this morning. Father, we do lift up Pastor Jerry to you. We do lift up many others. I lift up the young couple, Lord, that I was so graciously, graciously able to minister to last night. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give them comfort in a time that is completely torment to them right now. But Father, I also ask that you be with the families that have lost loved ones in the last couple of days. Be with Ricky and his family, with Roberto and his family, Rick Dixon and his family, and so many more, Lord. I know there's more and I'm just slipping my mind. This morning, Lord, I pray for the peace and comfort that goes beyond anything that they can understand. Father, thank you. Thank you for how good you've been to me this week. Thank you for how you made yourself known. Even when there were times, Lord, that your grace seemed so far. Thank you, Lord, for never forsaking me and never leaving us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I want to start off this morning by way of apology. Um, I've already been scolded three times um, because apparently in Sunday school classes it was announced that we spent a lot of time in the hospital this week, and and we did. And and I apologize for that because I ask y'all to let me know when y'all are having sickness and needs, and you know it's it's not fair that I don't do the same. And I apologize, but I do thank God for the grace that He gave us this week. Um, Dalton, who just read, was sick for right at six days, and y'all know how it is when you're a dad, and you got a little kid that's sick, and there's nothing you can do. So we rushed to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. I want to thank the staff. Y'all were amazing this week. I want to thank the church for allowing me to have the staff that I have to support me, to do fill-in for me. Um, I want to thank my small group for their continued prayers. But I want to thank the church. Y'all allow me not only to be your pastor, but it also gives me the ability to minister to so many people in the community. Yesterday, I had the great opportunity of ministering to Ricky and his family. It was a day that I would never miss. But right after that, I got a call to the hospital. And I got the opportunity to minister to a young couple 
who was in desperate need of somebody just to come and pray for him. Y'all help me do that. Y'all help me in so many ways. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to serve as your pastor and to serve this community. Are we awake? Are we awake? I know in today's time, that's a weird question to ask. Some people will take it wrong and think that I'm talking about some sort of woke theology, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, are we aware of what is going on in our lives? Are we aware of what was taking place when this scripture was given to us? When Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane, he was in extreme agony. Agony because of what he was about to face. Betrayal, persecution, torture, the guilt, weight, and shame of sin that he was about to take on. The wrath of God that was about to be poured out on that sin. Are we awake? I know that everyone in this room has experienced agony in some shape or form. I know that we've experienced it in heartbrokenness and in stress and loneliness and even depression is a form of agony. And I know that there's many different forms of agony which we experience every day. But none of us will ever know the agony that Jesus experienced when he was in this garden. Are we awake? In his agony and in his prayer, we got a glimpse, almost like we got to peek through the shades at the humanity of Christ. When he said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Think about what he's saying there. He knows full hand what is about to take place. He knows the torture that he is about to endure. He knows the sin that he never committed that he's about to take on. And he knows the punishment to which that sin deserves and to which by only that punishment can his people have salvation. But then he goes on to say, yet not my will, but your will be done. While the dread of what needed to happen is very evident to remove that cup, the total submission to the Father, the total submission to you, the total submission to what needed to take place for salvation to come about, it's absolutely profound. Are we awake? While Luke condenses this, Matthew expounds a little bit more. Three times. 
just like I've asked you. Three times Jesus went to pray. And every time he come back, where did he find his disciples? Asleep. Church, are we awake? This is a very important question for us to ask, especially in today's time. Because in Matthew 26, verse 41, Jesus told the disciples to keep watching and praying that they may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Every single one of us fall asleep at some time in inopportune times. You know what I mean? Eric, show them what I mean. This was a picture that went out to my whole family. This picture was taken Friday morning. This is laying in the ER. If any of you have ever been to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, you'll notice the nasty um, pistachio green floor. But I want to tell you something. We were at the point of exhaustion to where nothing, nothing was keeping us awake. Jennifer said I snored. She snored too, okay? I'm not going to let her completely off the hook. Dalton, he was getting fluids. He is getting vitamins. And all of a sudden, after a week of him being absolutely drained, Dalton wanted to have a conversation. (laughs) The most inopportune time for me to fall asleep, I'm in the floor. You can turn that picture now, brother. (laughs) But this happens to all of us at some point in time. We just fall asleep. We come to a point of exhaustion. We come to a time where we are so weary that we just cannot hold our eyes open. So when we look at this picture of the disciples falling asleep while Jesus is going through agony in the garden, Let's not be too hard on them. Because church, and I'm speaking of myself, too many times today, when there is still agony for the lost and dying world around us, I am asleep. I am asleep. And I am asleep for many reasons. Just like the disciples, we find ourselves in these situations. But we need to be awake. We need to be awakened to the reality of what Christ has done for us. We need to be awakened to the reality that it was our sin that put him on that cross. We need to be awakened to the reality that the punishment that was poured out on him was ours to take. And we need to be awakened to the reality that he loves us so much that he did it not just for you and me, but he did it for every single person who would confess him as Lord, Master, and Savior. Are we awake? The disciples had no idea. Think about this for a minute. He had been told, he had been telling them multiple times, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to be killed. I am going to go away. But you know what? 
they never got it. They never got it. And I'll be honest with you. I was praying about this this morning. I don't think we get this verse as well. In Revelation chapter 22, it says, Behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. In a way, what Jesus is saying to his church is stay awake. Watch and pray. Why should we be watching and praying? Well, watchfulness helps us to see the temptations that are out there before us. I don't know why there's this fictitious belief that some temptations go away with age and some just happen at certain ages, but they're all complete lies. Temptation is simply what it is. It is something enticing us to do something that we know we should not do. And the disciples were about to face a fight, fight or fight moment. And Jesus knew that they were going to battle this temptation to move on, to leave. Jesus knew that they were about to battle this temptation to turn away from everything that he taught them. And that is why he told them, watch and pray. The temptation to run, abandon, fall away, and even deny Christ, it is still coming to the church today. On a daily basis, we're hearing it now. Pastors leaving church. Churches completely dissolving. People turning away from their faith. They're calling it deconstructing their faith right now. We have been warned that this was going to come about. Thessalonians tells us that there will be a great falling away. And I know I question the same thing. Are they legit? Do they really believe in Jesus Christ as Lord, Master, and Savior? Well, that's the question I'm asking you today. Do you truly believe what Jesus done for you? Are we watchful to this as well? Are we watchful to our selfishness? Are we watchful to our arrogance? Are we watchful to our secret sins that we think nobody knows about? Are we watchful to our excuses? Are we watchful to the absolute wickedness that lives within inside of us? Because when Paul is talking to the Corinthians about partaking in this service, he gives them a warning. Examine yourself. Truly examine yourself that you are taking this supper in a worthy manner. Truly examine yourself to see if you are able to take this or not. Because there are many people who have partaken of this and now 
are asleep or dead because they did so in an unworthy manner. What we are about to partake in is an extremely serious remembrance of what Christ did for us. Going back into Luke in chapter 22, and this won't be on the slides, guys. This is what happened when Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover dinner with you before I suffer. Pause there for a minute. If you are a true believer in the death, burial, and resurrection, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus desires to partake in this with you. This is a remembrance of what he is about to do for the disciples, but it's also a remembrance of what he's already done for us. But he goes on to say this, for I say to you that I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks over it, he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the kingdom of God comes. This cup that you're about to take is symbolic of the blood that was shed for you. Kingdoms are built in warfare. All throughout history, we see kingdoms being built by taking countries, land that was not theirs. But the kingdom of God that is being built is a kingdom that God is reclaiming for his self. You are a part of this kingdom. Your sin, my sin, is what made the decision for us that we didn't want to be a part of this kingdom. But this blood was shed so that you can be a part of it. Now just because you partake of this juice does not mean that you're saved. Your salvation is based on your faith in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. That's it. Nothing more. Some of you are saying, well, preacher, what about my baptism? Baptism doesn't save you. Well, preacher, what about my church attendance? Church attendance doesn't save you. Well, I'm a member of a church, preacher. Church membership does not save you. If all of these things were to be true, then when Jesus sat there on the cross and looked at the thief 
and said to him, from this day forward, you will be in paradise. If all these other things had to take place, baptism, church membership, and all this other stuff that we've added to it, then that Jesus was a liar. Jesus didn't take the thief off a cross and go baptize him and then put him back up there. Jesus didn't take the thief off the cross, go to church and let him give and then put him back up there. Jesus didn't take the thief to a church, let him become a member and then put him back up there. Jesus said, because of your faith, you shall be with me in paradise. He goes on to say, and when he had taken some bread and given thanks for it, he broke it and gave to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you to those who embrace me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten and said, this cup is the cup which is poured out for you. And is the new covenant of my blood. But behold, the hand of the one who is betraying me is with mine on this table. The very person that betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Tuck this. With the rest of the disciples, they tuck this. Some, like I said, have taken this unworthily. Judas did it himself. And that's why I'm asking you this morning, are you awake to what Christ has done in your life. It's great to remember the triumphant entry of Christ. It's great to remember all the things on our social media this week, day by day, we're going to be playing out what took place throughout this Holy Week. It's great to remember all those things. It's great to have knowledge of what Jesus did on the cross. It's great to have the knowledge of what we will be celebrating next Sunday. But all that knowledge, all that understanding means absolutely nothing if you've never put your faith in him. Are you awake? told the disciples to do two things. Watch. Watch your heart. But then he also told them to pray. Pray that you will not enter into temptation. We know how it played out, don't we? Peter, who said, I will never deny you three times. I don't know who this man is. Peter was still asleep. 
Thomas said, I won't believe that Christ has resurrected till I can put my hand in his side. Thomas was still asleep. Jesus told the disciples to go about the mission no matter what happened, to continue on with the mission of preaching God's kingdom. And when Jesus comes back, one of the places that he finds them is back in their boat, fishing. The disciples were still asleep. This morning, are you still asleep? Praise team's going to come up. They're going to, y'all going to still sing the same song? Not sure? But the praise team's going to come up here in a minute. Or Christie's going to come up. Don't matter. Whatever. Because it's not about what song's played, it's about what's going on in your heart. This morning, are you awake? Are you being watchful to the temptations that's coming about in you? Are you truly praying for God to show you guidance on how to get out of these situations? But also, are you repenting when you know you make a mistake? Some people will say repentance happens once. I totally disagree with that. Sanctification is a life of repentance. It's a life of us constantly saying, God, I messed up. Please help me. And this morning, with every head bowed, I'm not asking you to stand up. I'm not asking you to come to the altar. But I am asking you to do three things. Every head bowed. First thing I want you to ask yourself is this. Am I truly a believer? Because only a true believer should partake in this last supper. This is a reminder for those who are true believers of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for their sins. But at the same time, this morning, you realize for the first time that you need to become a true believer in Jesus. This morning, and I normally don't do this, all you've got to do is say just a few things. Father, I know I have separated myself from you in my sin. And I know that your son paid the debt for my sin. And I know that because of that, you are offering me grace and salvation. This morning, I throw myself at your feet, claiming Jesus as Lord, Master, and Savior.
Some people will say, it can't be that simple. But Jesus told us that it is so simple that a child can understand it. This morning, if that's you, right where you're at, you deal with Jesus. For those who are believers, I'm asking you to do two things. First, do you have any grievance with a believer in Christ? God's word tells us that when we have grievances with our brothers, that we are not in true worship with God. And he tells us that even if we have an offering, that we are to lay that offering down, go and make things right with our brother, and then come back and present that offering. This morning, if you have a grievance with somebody in this room, I'm challenging you. This is going to be hard. I'm challenging you. Go make it right now. Go and do what you need to do in repentance to your brother. But if you don't have a grievance with somebody, there may be that secret sin, that secret sin that you hold on to that nobody knows about. It could be the secret sin of pornography. It could be the secret sin of lust. It could be the secret sin of greed. It could be the secret sin of idolatry. Whatever it is, I'm asking this morning, before you come and partake in this last supper, Lay it before Jesus. As they sing, deal with God as He's dealing with you right now. Tommy.
That song always chokes me up for many reasons. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, praise team. Y'all can come on down. At this time, I'd like to ask my deacons and my helpers to come up. When Jesus did this, he wanted to, oh boys, I messed up. When Jesus did this, he wanted it to be a constant reminder of what he did. But this morning, I want to add something to that constant reminder as well. We are remembering the body that was broken for us. We are remembering the shed blood that was shed in our place. But this morning, we're also remembering the promise that I am coming quickly. For those who've never taken communion with us before, we only have one requirement for you to take communion with us. And that is that you are a truly born again believer in Jesus Christ. We don't care that your membership may be with another church. Today, we are one body, serving one Lord and Savior and remembering him for what he done. When Jesus had taken this bread, the bread, he told his disciples, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, take this cup, the new covenant in my blood, and do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. What's going to take place is our ushers back in the back are going to dismiss row by row to come up, walk down the center, come over here, partake of your bread, partake of your juice. After that, Pastor Aaron will be over here. I'll be over here to greet those ones. We ask that you file out and go around. But while we're doing this, I want to ask you to do me a favor. This is a time for us to reflect on Jesus. So please, Let's keep reverent in what we're doing. Be respectful. If you've already partaken, please sit in reflection of what you've done as the rest of the church does so. Let me pray for us. Father, I'm sorry that I'm not always awake. I'm sorry that I'm not in constant reminder for what you have done for us. But this morning, Lord, with a truly examined heart, with a truly repentant heart, we partake of this communion with you because you desire it with us. 
Father, as we take this bread, we remember the body that was tortured and broken at our expense. As we take this cup, Lord, we remember the blood that was shed at our expense. But as we do both of these, Lord, we hold to the promise that you are coming quickly. As the psalmist said, as songs have been written, Lord, come, Lord Jesus, come. We anticipate seeing your face. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have to remember. Bless this time, Lord, as those who come and partake remember what you did for them. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.